Salam, everyone, and welcome back to Nurain, the Two Lights podcast. My name is Sumeya, and um, I know oh how goodness. to introduce the other person. I'm Asil. Like, oh yes, my goodness. this is Asil. <laughs> um, and today we are going to be talking about um, the unfortunate occurrence nowadays of normalizing sin Mm -hmm. um i think before we start two disclaimers number one asil and i are not perfect in any way definitely not. we definitely sin just like every other human does um so through this episode we're not trying to place judgment or look down upon people who are in a situation of sin Um, We are simply coming from the perspective of there are a lot of things these days that are becoming so normal when in Islam they're actually completely prohibited. Yes. And then the second um, disclaimer, uh, shoot, I don't remember what I was going to (laughs) say. I had something else I wanted to say and now I actually cannot remember. We'll remember um, it eventually. Yeah. It, I just, yeah, seriously, like, we're not perfect and we're not trying to judge anybody. Um, <clears throat> we are really just trying to come from the perspective of we need to do better as a Muslim community. Um, and, yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not in my head anymore. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a little backstory as to, like, why we even decided to do this episode in the first place uh, as as always, and it's not as always, it's just I feel like a lot of our episodes come from things that we've seen online, like via social media. Um, and so I was scrolling through Instagram one day, and this video was in Arabic, so I'm like roughly translating from what I remember in my head. But this guy <clears throat> basically was just like covered in tattoos, and, peop- and he was Muslim, and people were just basically getting on him, like, you know, you can't be doing that. But his stance was like normalizing it. It was like, pull it up in the Quran, show me why I can't, like, pull up in the Hadith, like, you're not going to see any proof as to why I can't do this, like, let me do my own thing, essentially. And then somebody stitched the video, or essentially replied to the video, um, also replying in Arabic, and so she was wearing hijab, but she wore it in, like, the turban style, so her neck was visible, and she had a little bit of hair showing in the front, so it was pretty modest, modest, pretty covered, um, but it wasn't, like, like, the typical hijab you would typically see, and so she responded with, essentially, like, this was a while ago, man, but she basically was, like, you know, just because you you want to do it, just because you made a sin doesn't mean it's right. You know, I'm over here, I'm wearing my hijab incorrectly. I know I'm wearing my hijab incorrectly. You know, and Ya Allah guide me and I'm trying to work on it. But I can't go around and tell everyone this is the correct hijab because it's not. You can't go around and tell everyone that tattoos are okay because they're not. You know, and so that made, so May and I ended up talking and honestly we should have recorded that conversation because it was really deep. Um... <clears throat> But we were talking about this and how there is so much power in knowing when you're doing something wrong. And (laughs) it's her pet bunny, guys. Oliver is making an appearance in the episode. It's okay. (laughs) Okay, today's just a day. Um, And there's so much power in realizing when you're doing something wrong and actually acknowledging it and trying to work on it versus just completely disregarding all hadith all teachings of Islam, everything, and trying to justify your actions to the world. And so I think that's what really we're we're trying to talk about today is just like everyone sins, you know, it's part of human nature. We have that concept of free will, right? But you you can't just justify it. You can't just normalize it. And unfortunately, like we were saying, um, like Samaya was saying, there are so many things that happen nowadays that everyone's like oh everyone does it now so it's, it's fine okay. right. and, and it's really not and we're definitely going into detail later but yeah that was just kind of a backstory as to why we even chose this topic in the first place um i think that you know one of the first things that i want to say as as i mentioned as a seed just mentioned like as humans we are all going to sin um allah tells us actually that if we were a people who did not sin at all if we were perfect First of all, we would be like the angels, and we are not that creation, right? Mm -hmm. The angels are the only creation that, uh, or I mean, I guess besides like animals and stuff, because they obviously have a, you know, very specific purpose in life, and they do everything according to what Allah has ordained for them. But the angels are the most perfect, you know, beings. They don't, 
They don't sin. All they do is obey Allah's command. We are not like that. And so Allah tells us that if we were perfect, he would literally replace us with a people who sin and then repent so mm-hmm. that Allah can forgive them because Allah loves to forgive. So that's kind of what I want to just establish first is that all human beings make mistakes. All of us sin. The point is there is a lot of power in recognizing that you're doing something wrong. Yes. That's the first thing. There's a lot of power in knowing that what you're doing Islamically is not correct, right? So we have certain people who know, like Asid was mentioning this girl in the video who was saying like, I know I'm not wearing my hijab properly, but I'm trying to work on it versus someone who is blatantly doing something incorrect. And then they're out here saying the Quran doesn't explicitly mention anything about tattoos. Okay, from what I know, the Quran doesn't mention tattoos, period. But the Quran is not the only source of our Sharia. You mm-hmm. know, it's not the only source of telling us what is right versus wrong. The Quran is supplemented by hadith, right? Um, and and by the tafsir, right? You know, you, you can't just say if it's not in the Quran, then it doesn't matter, Yeah. right? So there's a difference between someone who recognizes that they're doing something wrong and they're trying to work on it. Versus someone who is doing something wrong and then just trying to find any way to justify their sins and then they're trying to normalize it. Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, you know, it's it's very unfortunate, I think, when, when we see people that do that. Yeah, and the reality, like I was saying earlier, we were both saying earlier, was that that's just the way that the majority of people are nowadays. It's just like there's there's so many sins that are normalized and, and like especially like within our Muslim communities, like an Islamic school, I remember in seventh grade, like doing things that damaged your body, like vaping, for example, mm. or, you know, shisha or all of these things like it was normalized in the community, you know, and people would just completely disregard all teaching saying you shouldn't be doing things that are harming your body, you know, right. or dating or this yes. or having relations Huge with one. with the opposite gender. Huge and and I'm not talking days. about like, you know, little things. I'm talking about like, like full on dating, like the things that I've heard about like teenagers in my Mus- in our Muslim community, like literally to the message that we go to and what they do in their pastime, it's it's really sad and disheartening to see that right. people are just completely Islam has be- and we've talked about this in another episode. I don't even remember what it was called. Um, uh, I don't, I don't remember the one we recorded at the beach. But besides the point, oh, the um, um, indivisible. That's what it was called. Yeah. People now are taking Islam kind of like a culture. It's a cultural like thing. People are I just associating with it and not actually acting upon it. And so, because of that disconnect, when people don't actually learn about their religion and learn about the right and the wrong, they just go on with whatever society teaches, and that's just not right. the way it should be. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely. the root cause as to why this normalization of sin is even happening in the first place. Yeah. I um, remembered the other disclaimer that I wanted to give, and I it's, it's you know, something that I guess just I'll put in right now, but um, I want to just make sure that everybody, Muslim or non-Muslim, like this is something that we have to remind ourselves of constantly, but Islam is not a restrictive religion. So yes. something that I think a lot of people like to say is that, oh, everything in Islam is haram, you know, this is haram, that's haram, this is haram, like... There's a lot of Muslims and a lot of non-Muslims who see Islam in this light. They say that it seems that everything is haram in Islam, everything is prohibited. So what's the point of even being in a religion like that where you can't do anything? The The fact of the matter is that that is not the truth. Um, we do have things that are haram. We have things that are prohibited, but that doesn't restrict us. Um, it's actually, you know, when you really learn about the faith, and this is the reason why you actually do have to spend time learning about the faith, mm-hmm. is that these things are protective. Every single thing that Allah has told us we are not allowed to do is simply as a protection for us. And that comes out of a place of love from Allah to us, to his creation. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, alcohol is haram. Why? Because it impairs your judgment. You know, it makes you someone that you're not. How many families have been split up because of alcoholism? You know, how many people have been destroyed simply because they are addicted to alcohol and other drugs? Um, And that's just one thing, you know. And even in the Quran, Allah says, you know, there are benefits to alcohol. He says there are benefits to alcohol, but the harm of alcohol is greater than the benefits of alcohol. And that's just one example out of so many. You know, Mm -hmm. there is always a reason why something is prohibited if it is prohibited. Um... 
And the baseline is because it is a protective measure. So I think you have to, like, we all have to work to train ourselves to see things in that way instead of feeling like we're restricted, everything is haram. Um, And then something else that I just wanted to say is that, you know, something that is permissible will always be permissible even if no one else is doing it. And something that is prohibited is always going to be prohibited even if every other person is doing it. And this is where your identity has to come in. Are you going to be strong enough to um, try your best to stay away from things that are being normalized nowadays? Or are you just going to do it because everyone else is doing it? Like, are you are you really willing to sacrifice your place in the hereafter for a few moments of temporary happiness here just because everyone else is doing something? And I think that's what yeah. we really have to keep in mind. That's a, that's a really good reminder. Like, just remembering that Islam... Like we always say, it's preventative. It's supposed to protect you. That's literally what it is. But people, when they don't know what they're reading, when they don't know what they're reciting, when they don't understand... When they don't care to. When they don't care to, they weren't educated when they were young and then chose not to educate themselves when you get older. Because I think that's another thing, right? If you... You can have the excuse of being raised in a family or a community that chose not to educate you about Islam properly, right? But... Um, when you get older, when you get to be like a teenager at minimum, right? It's your choice to go and learn about your deen. That's right. completely up to you. You can't blame your family. You can't blame, you know, stuff like your parents. Like you shouldn't ever do that. But I'm saying like you can't blame your environment that you grew up in as a reason for, for end up becoming the adult that you are. Because I feel like at the end of the day, once you're old enough, you you have the ability to make that choice, to, to become better, to educate yourself, you know? But some people just go with the flow. And, and seen, they just... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, my goodness. Sorry. And Asita and I always say this, but even if you were born and raised Muslim, like, you do have to choose Islam for yourself at yeah. some point. We were talking about well. that yesterday. Like... <laughs> my voice totally it's just, okay, it I don't even know what happened it happens we were talking about that yesterday um how both Sumaya and I grew up in very religious families we both grew up in Islamic school but you know at the end of the day being where we're at where you know the MSA the Nurain you know both of us had the MSAs and stuff and us being involved in our Muslim communities volunteering and all of that it was because we chose to do that our parents never forced us, you know, right. and we had to choose Islam because, you know, at one point at the beginning of high school, at least, I think everyone is just kind of like in that identity crisis. Yeah, and we see it these school. days more than ever. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we're also talking about that. But maybe that can be an episode for another day. Um, but you just have to choose it. I think that's something that you have to come to realize, you know, and some people you just wake up one day and you're just like, I want to be better. Right. And so you make that conscious effort of being better. <laughs> so much dosha anyway um you make that conscious effort of just being a better person and so going back to our original topic i think we went on a little bit of a tangent but going along those lines right when you make that conscious decision of being better sin becomes easier to avoid those situations where um you could easily sin you don't feel as inclined to be in them anymore you know i love that you said that because like we were saying every human is prone to sin but you, the way you worded that was actually really, really, really perfect because you said that you're not inclined to be in those situations anymore. Yeah. It's not even about the sin a lot of the time. It's about the people that you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. If the people you're surrounded by are encouraging sin or at least they're not fully supportive of your pursuing the faith to a deeper level, like the environment does impact you. Yeah. And so a lot of the time it's not even about the sin itself or committing the sin itself, it's about the situations that you put yourself Mm -hmm. in. And there is a lot of power also in being able to know that, you know what, even if these are people that I used to hang out with before, I don't necessarily want to put myself around them anymore. I, you know, even if you do go around them a little bit, you, you can recognize that, you know what, I know that if I'm in this situation, I'm going to be weak. You know, there's a lot of power yeah. in being able to recognize that and then say, you know what, for that reason, I'm either not going to be around these people or I'm going to lessen the interaction I have with them or I'm going to only go out with them, you know, if whatever certain conditions you want to, to bring up, whatever. But it really is the situation and, and being yeah. able to recognize that I am going to be weak in this situation. So it's better that I don't even put myself there. You avoid the situation. Right. Or if you realize 
while you're in the middle of that situation and you realize that someone else is is close to sinning or sinning with you there's also a lot of power in stopping whatever is going on and stopping the situation or changing you know the thing and realizing you know you care about someone or you care about a person's akhira and you've come to the realization that as much as you know you have that temporary happiness now right. it's not going to benefit you later right. you don't want to be the reason and i think this is another thing especially you don't want to be the reason that someone else ends up in hell or gets even near it or sins or sins in general you know you don't want to be the reason and i think that's something that people have to realize too is that a lot of the times like like samaya was saying the people that you surround yourself by if you're in that situation you're sinning it's more likely that other people in that situation are also sinning right you know or in that environment in general you know say you're in a friend group and they all curse a lot you know your friends are a mirror of yourself that means like if you if you curse too, they're probably going to pick up on it and they might start end up, you know, um, mirroring your habits. That's what happens when you're around somebody for so long. Yeah. You end up saying the same things or <laughs> dressing the same way, you yeah. know. So the same thing comes if you're, you're using foul language, the people around you are also going to be using foul language. But if you make that choice, that decision to stop using foul language and you inform them, like, hey, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be saying those things. You're saving them while you're saving yourself, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's that's part of denormalizing sin. And that's another thing. I'm about to go into this whole foul language <laughs> thing because honestly, that is, we were talking about dating and stuff and that's really extreme. But another thing that people, almost everyone does on a regular daily basis and doesn't even consider it is foul language. It's disgusting and, and it's so yeah. frustrating. And Allah curses those who curse, you yes. know, who use those that those that those words. And it's normalized everywhere. And even Absolutely. if and it's it's so Absolutely. it's so disgusting and it's so disheartening to see sometimes because you're like you're a good person and I know you are. But this is a sin that is just like every time you say the F word, the S word, all of these things, it's just a tally, 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 tally. Yeah. You know? As and a bad dude. As a Absolutely. yes, exactly. And it's something that that's I don't know why everyone's so okay with it. And my teacher said something one time my pre-calculus math teacher god he was great but he said you know um cursing is a sign of lack of intelligence because you don't have a better vocabulary to describe how you're feeling and honestly i live by that i stand by that if you if you are frustrated and the only thing you can think of saying is the f word and nothing else like what does that say that about just you? <laughs> what does that say about you exactly that means you are not able to convey how you're feeling and so therefore you just resort to a nasty foul word you know and I think it's not even about, you know, this whole intelligence thing. It's like, we see a lot of, I would say the majority of Muslims, they use foul language. Yes. And like Asid was saying, it's something that they don't even consider. They do it and they don't even think about it. Because it's, it's a so sin. We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to talk like that. Allah says... Um, Allah tells us to say say a good word. He says, yeah. like, We're not supposed to use this foul language, but... It all, honestly, all of these things that are being normalized, it comes down to a very base line of the fact that people uh, categorize these things as quote unquote cool. And because you want to fit in and you want to be seen as cool, you do the same thing. That is why yes. people curse. Like, yeah. honestly, that is the straight up reason. Like, when I see people who just cuss all the time, it's because they want to be thought of as oh I'm so cool I'm, I'm fit into these kinds yeah. of people that's the only reason why you're doing it yeah. and so it's like why are we normalizing that and this honestly this episode really ties into that indivisible I was about to say episode yeah. that's episode four I would highly recommend um you go listen to that if you have it and that's honestly one of my favorite episodes I'm gonna say something that I said in that episode I'm gonna say it again here with normalizing sin it really like I said it all comes down to that baseline and I have a question a rhetorical question but why are we as Muslims following in the footsteps of people who I'm sorry are going to hell? And I don't mean that I, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't condemn anybody to hell, that's not what I'm doing. But Allah tells us that if someone did not believe in Allah, you know, by himself and the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, as his final messenger, and they did not live out the truth of Islam we know where they're ending up, yeah. right? Like, again, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not condemning anyone anywhere. I can't do that. I do not have yeah. the power to do that. But if someone is not Muslim, we know their fate, you know? And of course, Allahu yeah. Alam, like, Allah is the best of judges. But why are we as Muslims trying to fit in with the people who are leading us the exact opposite of where we're trying to go? Yeah. And this plays into so many different things. Why are we dressing like them? Yeah. Why are we speaking like them? Why are we participating in the same activities as them? 
just because they say it's cool, just because the Western society says this is how you're accepted. We as Muslims are supposed to be the ones that stand out and draw people the other way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And um, this also, okay, so I have so many things I could say to that right now. But this also ties into our Be a Stranger episode. You are meant to stand out. When you are a righteous Muslim, you're not supposed to fit in with a crowd. And I don't mean that in a weird way, like the cringe. You're like, no, I'm just like not like the other girls. No, I don't mean that. (laughs) I mean it as in your character defines you, you know, in you know your your hijab makes you stand out yes. your striving for ihsan or excellence makes you stand out you know that's the whole purpose of being a righteous muslim or just being just just trying to do your best you're supposed to stand out you're not supposed to fit in with these people that at the end of the day when they're put in the grave and they can't answer the questions that they're going to be asked you know we 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 can only assume their fate you know and i like, had another want to be like those people and that's like, another really? thing you have to like and I don't know if we said this in the episode or not, but you have to learn to love yourself and love the identity that you... You have to create your own identity. You're not trying to make up... You're not trying to copy someone else's identity. That's just not who you are. Right. You, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you the gift of Islam. You were born into it. Or maybe, he's, or maybe he's making you love it. Or whatever the situation for you is. He made you you. You don't need to be like other people. You know, that's not the point. You are your own individual person, your own individual being. You right. don't have to try to be cool. You don't have to try to fit in. That defeats the whole purpose. I mean, in the Quran, it says counsels of times to people, like, and to, to those civilizations back then, like, don't follow the steps of your forefathers. Yes. You know? And, that's, yes. and that applies to us in a way, or don't follow the steps of the kafir. You know, yeah. the people that don't believe. Don't follow their footsteps, because at the end of the day, their footsteps are taking you in a direction that has all of the pleasures and desires. And we know that the, the road that has pleasures and desires leads to hellfire. We also know that that road is very easy. Yes, it's it is. That was the to point. Fall into, yeah. to fall into all of that. Being different is difficult. But the road that leads to heaven is filled with difficulty and in hardships. But at the end of the day, it's worth it once you get there, you know? And I think right. that's something that's just really important and we really have to understand. And another thing about this whole normalizing sin is unfortunately it ends up making you the majority of people and i i've seen this two-faced in a way mm-hmm. what i mean by or hypocritical in a way like what i mean by that is um you act one way in front of people and then behind closed doors you are a completely different person say you go to you, you're speaking you're at school and this and that and you don't use foul language you know, or you don't have interactions with the opposite gender, like in a really, really haram way, right. you know, behind those closed doors, you are a completely different person, mm. where with your friends, you're cursing, you're like, like a sailor, you know, or this and that, like, for example, actually, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't give this example, let me change that, <laughs> let me not do that, let me not do that, but, keep um, your job, <laughs> keep my job, yes, let me, somebody knows exactly, what I'm gonna, let me just get to the end of su- the summer, then maybe I'll, I'll say this, but, Anyway, back to what I was saying is it ends up making you a hypocrite. And Allah curses the hypocrites as well. You right. know, the ones that would fo- would would make up excuses to not follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu them into battle because they right. were too afraid for themselves, you know? Or the ones that would go to the like that would go and pray when everyone could see them because back then there were no street lights or this and that. But at night right. they would never show. And all of these things, yeah. you know, those were the hypocrites of that time. I feel like the hypocrites of our time now is where they act one way in front of people. And make themselves, present themselves in one way, but behind closed doors, they're a completely other person and they know it. Or they act a certain way around Muslims. Yes. Like they have like a masjid personality yeah. and like everywhere and, else personality. And that's something, that's something that I worked really hard to, and someone gave me like the sweetest compliment ever, but I'll, I'll give it in a, or one of the sweetest compliments ever, but I'll give it in a second. But that's something I try really hard on myself, the work on myself is the way I, re, uh, the way I interact with Sumaya is, is the same I'm going to interact to so-and-so, the same I'm going to interact to so-and-so, Right. you know, and maybe the conversations are a little bit different. Like Sumaya and I talk about things I want to talk to say my brother about, because that would be kind of weird. Right, but, and then comfort but, levels obviously comfort factor levels, yeah. into that. But the point of the matter is the way I present myself, the language that I use, you know, my values and morals don't change depending on the group I am around. Right. You know, and that's something that's really important you you can't go and and like somebody was saying you're most you're you're a masjid personality sister you know and all of those things and then you go outside of the masjid and you're a whole nother person with a completely different set of values and morals you know which one is the true you at the end of the day yeah and i think that's something crazy that becomes an internal conflict within yourself when you're like which one do I actually associate myself with more which is the right one to be and that just causes so much of a headache like just work on being the same with everybody. 
Right. You know? So I talk and I think a lot, that, but... honestly, that comes from knowing that you're doing something wrong. And I see now we were talking about this, but we when, when we do something wrong, when we sin, like, we all know that we're sinning. Yeah. Like, we, and I, I could say I can guarantee that any of these people who are doing something wrong, they know that what they're doing is wrong. And that's where it comes with all these different, like, the way you present yourself is different, the two-facedness. Um, I think that something else, like, Asid and I, a few months ago, we were... Um, I don't, I don't want to say we are where we were exactly. Cause then I think people can figure out the situation, but we were somewhere where it's a, you know, we were, we were at school. I'm just going to say we were at a school and there was, um, a couple, I mean, it's, it's not an Islamic school. There was a bunch of people there and we were there for an event and there was, um, a Muslim guy that we know from the masjid was there. And then <laughs> I think you'll, you'll be able to understand when I come in, but, um, when, you know, there, there's a, 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 a Muslim guy that basically walked in with his girlfriend. And oh. the second that he walked in, he saw this other Muslim guy from the masjid and, like, automatically it was, like, dissociated. Like, I don't know he this girl, yeah. you know? And then after this event was kind of over, like, he walked out with his girlfriend. And the second that they were, like, out of sight of people... They, like, held hands and were all over each other and whatnot. And I remember, like, Asil just kind of was like, you know, you're hiding from the wrong thing. Like, you're worried about people saying something, but Allah sees it all. Yeah, I remember. You know, Allah sees it all. And so that's something that I wanted to say. And then it's it just goes into this whole, like, when we're normalizing sin, it's like, you you know you're doing something wrong, but you're not willing to own up to that. You're not willing to acknowledge that you're doing something wrong and then take the steps to fix it like i said earlier we all sin and and the purpose of i mean allah tells us that we're supposed to keep our sins private we're supposed to keep our sins between just us and allah like we're not supposed to go out and publicize our sins but unfortunately that is what's happening these days through social media and also as muslims we have the responsibility um to hide the sins of other people like if i know that someone is doing a sin i'm not supposed to go and spread it out to everybody because allah says that you know if you cover the faults of your brothers then allah will cover your faults on the day of judgment and the opposite is true if you were someone who went and just publicized everyone's sins then your sins are not necessarily going to be covered on the day of judgment when everything is going to be exposed the point is though that people these days they publicize their own sins and so it's like as fellow Muslim brothers and sisters, how are we supposed to hide your sins if you aren't even hiding your own sins? If you don't even care enough to keep that under wraps, that is why sin is being normalized because everyone is just publicizing it and there's no, there's no sense of shame. There's no sense of guilt. That's what, that's what it's supposed to be. And sorry, before you talk, just one more thing. Um, we were talking about the environment that you're in before, Uh, a little bit ago and I think that something that's so important to recognize is that if you lead someone into sin or if you encourage other people to sin then you get the sins from your actions and you also get the sins from every other person who's doing that sin because of you and the opposite is also true if you are someone who is promoting a good deed encouraging others to do good with you you get your own good deeds, but you also get the good deeds of every single person who follows in your footsteps. And they, you don't take from their reward at all. They're still getting rewarded, but you get your reward and all of their reward as well. So it's like, what what kind of a person do you want to be? And that really plays into, sorry, representation no, okay. read- of, of Islam. Like if you are someone, and this is just one of the most common examples, like if you are a woman that does not wear the hijab and people know you as a Muslim, they're going to assume that it's perfectly okay for for Muslim women to not wear the hijab. Or if they see you as a Muslim woman who's wearing very, like, and we see this all the time, it's another sin that's being normalized. If you don't wear hijab, okay, that's, that's, you know, that's between you and Allah. But then to go out and be wearing, like, shorts or really showy clothing or, and and that was something that when Asid and I were thinking about this topic, we talked about this as well. Like, there's a famous Muslim comedian woman who, um, you know, basically puts out content and and a lot of the time isn't wearing very appropriate clothing very islamic clothing and then she goes and basically makes jokes about how her mom is gonna like kill her because of what she's wearing because it's like anti-muslim or you know like that kind of stuff it's like very disturbing and so when you put that image out there people are gonna assume this is okay in islam 
when they see that people are dating in Islam, they're they're gonna think, oh, it's totally cool to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Islam doesn't look down upon that. Yeah. So if you want to sin, that's between you and Allah. Like that's completely up to you. But stop publicizing it because it makes and I we, I know we said this also in another episode, but it makes it so much harder for us who are actually trying to actually like. To, to do well because then we have people coming up to us being like why don't you go to oh prom? well why don't you do this if this person yeah. is doing it like why do you wear your hijab fully covering your hair if she doesn't and it's just it's just kind of like what am i supposed to tell you because at the you end know? of the day okay i have so many things but i'll start off with this point because at the end of the day whenever they're comparing you know someone that is doing say for example the hijab properly and someone that's just covering showing their hair they're going to assume the more right one is what associates with their values more and that's yes. something that's very important is they that empathize more with exactly the because they, they can everyone relate else is oppressed oppressed and, and not only that it's more relatable so yes. for example you can see a girl that for the major the majority of her is covered but then half her hair is showing they're going to think, oh, you know, that's more relatable. That makes more sense to me. Why is she completely covered? Oh, she's oppressed. Or they're going to look at that girl and be like, good for her. She's yeah, breaking she's, free from the she, struggles of ex- religion. Exactly. And I think that's something that's really important. You have to realize that people are, like Samaya said, you're, they're going to empathize, empathize, empathize. Oh my goodness words. Empathize with the one that's that's more relatable at the end of the day. And then going back to what Samaya was saying at that particular um situation that that she and I saw with the the whole you know holding hands thing with the boyfriend and girlfriend um oh what was I saying crap (laughs) oh I remember I looked at Samaya and I remember I told her I was and I've said this in an episode too and I said something along the lines of like um you know you can hide it from your parents all you want you can hide it from the world but if Allah knows what's the point if you want if you don't want the world to see it then that means you shouldn't be showing it to allah and vice versa if you yeah you did say yeah yeah and vice versa and if you um if you want the whole world to see it and it's something good that means allah should be seeing it too but that comes to another thing about like having sincerity with pure intentions you know you don't want to do something good just to show off that you're doing something good to the whole world it's like oh yeah, yeah you know i pray absolutely. i pray at the message absolutely. all you know or i'm so knowledgeable in this and that and then behind closed doors you really could care less because you yes. just want to drop that because that's a sin in and of itself and that's another thing showing off as a, right. as a normalization that, of sin and i had a couple more points that i don't remember at the moment but i i'll get to them but um i think now we need to really focus on repentance and removing sins from our hearts because somebody i was talking to her yesterday and i was a bit I was a bit conflicted with something, and she told me something that really, really stuck with me. She was like, I see everyone has a past. Yes. She said that because mm-hmm. I was like, and I guess I can give some context to that because I don't see any point in not sharing. I, you know, everyone might, makes mistakes and messes up, and sometimes I'm like, why do Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me this, give us this opportunity to do Nurin, or, you know, or give, give us the opportunity to do MSA, or all of these things where we can serve our community? Why us? You know, we've messed up so many times. You know, I know all the sins I've committed throughout my entire life, you know? And Samaya looked at me, she went, we all have a past and that's okay. You just have to remember that, you know? And then, yeah. and I was thinking about it, I was like, that's true. You know, even the greatest scholars of our times also had a past, but because they didn't go and completely, you know, you know, show their sins to the whole world, we don't know that we just can benefit from them. She was like, regardless of the knowledge base that you have, everyone can learn from everybody, yeah. you know? And I think that's something really important is that there's no such thing as, you know, oh, I've sinned too much for Allah to forgive me. Absolutely and there's a hadith, not. and I had to pull it up because I didn't remember the full entire thing, but I'm going to say it. Um, oh, son of Adam, so long as you call upon me and ask me, I shall forgive you for what you have done, and I shall not mind. Oh, son of Adam, were your sins to reach the clouds in the sky, and were you then to ask forgiveness of me, I would forgive you. O son of Adam, were you to come to me with sins nearly as great as the earth, and were you then to face me, ascribing no partner partner to me, I would bring your forgiveness nearly as great as it. And I think that's something we always have to remind ourselves because often sh- the the devil, the shaitan, likes to trick us and think, you've sinned too much. He's not yes. going to forgive you. There's no point in repenting. I've done too much. I'm going to hell anyway. Let me just keep living this life that I'm living now and enjoy it now because, you know, you you know, people think like that. You know, it, it's I think that's a disease of the heart is when you lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. He literally says, if it was as great as the earth, if you truly repent, he's going to forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something so important you have to keep in mind when it comes to wanting to to remove sin from your heart and remove sin from your life, like that particular sin, you have to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive you. You just have to truly, truly repent. Um, and another thing, and I said this, at, we went to like a halakha thing, 
you have to realize that you can love something that you're doing a lot or you can or you for example cursing can be so such a part of your vocabulary it's like intertwined I this cursing thing gets on my nerves but (laughs) it can be so intertwined in your everyday life where you just feel like it's hard to go a sentence without cursing or say vaping or you know these things that are addictive because honestly sin it can be addictive very much so and and I think that's a whole other thing that's That's, yeah (laughs) and and, but you have to remember that your love for Allah should be greater than the love of that thing that you're doing or the love of that sin essentially the thing that you have to give up you know and I think that's something that's really important. You have to just keep reminding yourself. It's like at the end of the day, I, I'm supposed to love Allah more than anything else. And I need to let go. And then you make dua and you ask Allah for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep that in the back of your mind when you want to go back and you want to say a bad word or you want to, I don't know, hit a vapor. Whatever it is at this point, you know, you have to just remind yourself of that. Um, and then <laughs> lastly, sorry. I had so okay. many points while you were talking. Uh, I was listening to a lecture by Ustada Aisha Prime and she is amazing um no I like love her a lot and I don't think I've ever quoted her before but new person new person you guys we have a new one guys but no I've listened like this was like an hour-long lecture maybe we can include it in a link or something because I think it's really really important um it's really it's it's beautiful but she said towards the end of the lecture the biggest obstacle to removing a sin of the heart is refusing to admit it. And the greatest mm. help is that of Allah. It makes you a very good person carrying a not-so-good trait. Mm. But you can't pacify it. I may not be worthy of a lot of things, but Allah's love is worthy of me being better. Beg yes. him. You need to sit with yourself and tell yourself the truth. When you can trace the root of the action, you can repent for the reality of your actions. The truth of it is that we aren't always to get what we want, and that's okay. I need to frame and that. <laughs> I know. I write that in I, so oh I was listening God. to that lecture, and I actually, I, I, I got really emotional over it because, you know, the part that says uh, something, you know, something along the lines of, it, it makes you a very good person carrying a not so great trait. Yes. Because you are a very good person. Why? Because you want to be better, you know. And the and the other part was like. I may not be worthy of a lot of things, but Allah's love is worthy of me being better. That that really hits my heart because like I was saying, your love for Allah should be greater than the love of the thing that you're doing. You want Allah to love you as well, you know? So you have to be better so he can love you, you know? He's always going to love you, but you have to try. Yes. And so I just remember reading or hearing that quote and I, I immediately wrote it down because, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd and I take notes extra mile, I guess. I don't know, but I did. And so... That's something that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life, inshallah. Is that I want that quote. Allah's, <laughs> I need it. Allah's love is worthy of me being better. Because I told Smiley the other day, mm. we don't deserve anything. Yeah. Nothing. We don't deserve any of this, you know. And we absolutely We don't. do so many things. And we don't deserve any of the love that Allah SWT gives us at the end of the day. He, he deserves so much. But I have to be better because Allah's love is worth more, you know, than what, what I'm, whatever I'm going to do in my life, you know. Oh my gosh. And so that just, it just, it really hits home. It, um, it's beautiful. It and, is. And um, I think that, you know, I like how you switched gears into this whole repentance thing. We don't want to make it seem like there's no we're hope. better than everybody else or that, uh, yeah, like there's no hope. It's not, it's just that we need to be better collectively as a group of people so that we can encourage each other to be better. We yeah. need to be there for each other more. Um, and we need to create environments where, you know, sin is not normalized, where doing better is normalized. Because truly, when you see your friends do, you know, amazing things religiously, like, it makes you want to also do the same thing. So we really need to work with each other and um, just help each other go on the right track. Because at the end of the day, like, we all want to be in heaven together. And I think that you have to recognize, you know, that, Again, if you're going to sin, we all do, don't publicize it. Don't represent Islam in a negative way. Don't be two-faced, but there's a lot of power in being able to know that you're sinning and keeping it under wraps so you can work on it instead of just, like, making it seem like it's okay to the rest of the world. I loved the part of the quote where she basically said that you're a good person who's done something, you know, not necessarily the best that is something I really had to learn because I struggled for a really long time. I felt like I was I was a good Muslim, but I was kind of, you know, involved in something that I shouldn't have been involved in. And it made me feel like, am I a good Muslim? Am I a bad Muslim? Like, you know, it makes you question. 
Um, but I had to learn that your mistakes, like they don't define you. You can be a good Muslim and still sin. And that's what happens. Every Everybody sins. But the point is, your mistakes don't define you. How you respond afterwards does. Yes. Because yes. you can either say, oh, I know I'm sinning. Let me just keep sinning because it's too hard for me to get out. Or you can say, I'm sinning and I need to do my best to turn back to Allah. Um, and so your response is really what defines you. It's not your mistake. You can come out of any mistake. You know, you can... And I think that this is something, too, that we can, if we just stop, um, if we stop thinking we're so weak, you know, people need to recognize their strength more. You, I, I'm confident that you have the strength to stop your sin. I'm confident that you have the strength to stop posting about your sin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to recognize that strength for yourself because this, this normalization of sin, it's confusing everybody. It confuses us as Muslims because now we're just like... What are we supposed to do when you have people telling you all these things? It makes it harder for you to practice your faith when people are constantly questioning what you're doing compared to other people. And then it confuses people who are trying to learn about Islam. You know, I had someone tell me something basically that was like, you know, I've seen a lot of Muslims fully supporting the LGBTQ plus issue. And I've seen a lot of Muslims who are completely against it. So which one is right? It's confusing. It's confusing when we've normalized sin. It confuses us and then it confuses people who don't know anything about Islam and are trying and it, to learn. And it and it misdirects the kids in our Muslim Absolutely. communities. These younger generations, I'm like issue. terrified for them because right. they <laughs> see like I'm like my sister goes to school and I'm like terrified of what she's gonna learn there. Yeah. And, and, or she goes to the message, even hangs out with her Muslim friends. I have to like keep my eye on them because I don't know what's gonna be said because right. like Samaya said, your environment is something that's really important. And did I I feel like I totally cut you off. No, Sorry. I don't okay. think I was gonna say anything. Um else. I you were talking about you brought up the whole environment thing again. And I, I want to say you also need to acknowledge, like, yes, realize the people that might be making you sin more in those environments and, you know, maybe acknowledge, maybe try to avoid that, those situations or whatever, but also give credit to those who inspire you to do better and make Absolutely. du'a for them. Absolutely. And if you see any good trait in them, make du'a for them and make du'a for their parents too. Make du'a mm. for their families too because, you know, at the end of the day, their parents... <laughs> Sorry, their parents are the ones that raised them, you know. So, like, if you ever see something good in me, I ask you to make du'a for my parents, you know. I ask yeah, you to make du'a for me, beautiful. you know. I make du'a for Samaya's that's parents beautiful. all the time because Samaya inspires me in more ways than she'll ever know, you know. Uh, so you have to those people that even if they even reminded you to do the Quran one time, you know, I make du'a for those people that reminded me to do the Quran that that they get hasanat for every letter. Absolutely, you know. You know, for those that remind you to keep a smile on your face even when it's difficult and always to, to, to say alhamdulillah, make dua that they get the hasanat for, for you trying to be better, you know? Yes, because at the end of the day, unlike everything else in life, when it comes to Islam and reaching Jannah, we want to do that together. Yeah. That's something that, yes. you know, everything else yes. in our lives is a competition. I want to be, and unfortunately, it's like, you know, standardized testing and we're basically done with those. But, <laughs> and then another chapter, but besides the point, you know, high school, for example, it was all about, I want to be the top of my class. I want to have the best GPA. I want my application to be better than everyone else's so I can get into the college that I want to go to. Yeah. In Jannah, there's no limit to the amount right. of people that can go, get in. So go with the people that you love. Go with those people that inspired you to do better. And make du'a not yeah. only for them, but for their parents as well, for their families, you know? Yeah. And the ones that, that, that even the ones that have made you sin for a little bit, and I'm not talking about little sin, like I'm talking about, for example, being bad influences. Make du'a, when you come to your senses and you realize, okay, I shouldn't be doing this, make du'a that they become better as well. Yeah. You know, there's some people that go completely astray. And there are some people I love, a lot like I love a lot like like in my family and stuff or even like my non-muslims friends and I care about them and but unfortunately they're just they're not the examples that I wish to see they're not the type of people I want to become right and so instead of just completely disregarding them in my dua I make dua that they become better people as well Absolutely. you know why because the angels when you make dua for other people and they're saying and you as well and I think sorry but no I think it's something fine. that I always try to do too when I'm making dua for other people is um to make dua that Allah allows me to be a part of the of their journey to yeah. being better. Yeah. And and I always also make so much dua that Allah keeps me firm on his on his faith and on this path because mm -hmm. you never know what could happen to you. Yeah. You know, like we're sitting over here spreading knowledge, alhamdulillah, but 
we, you know, you never know and you never know what could happen. You never know who you're impacting. Um, I think that just along with this whole family thing that you were talking about, make do off of people's parents or whatnot, it reminded me that Islam is not a religion of selfishness. You said, you know, we're all trying to get to Jannah together. Yeah. Islam is not a religion where you're just focused on yourself. If you're not impacting other people, like you need to be doing that. And I was yeah. just telling Asim this, I think we were talking about this yesterday, but we were, yeah. I was saying that, you know, pretty much the only thing that I want to get out of my life is to help other people get closer to the deen. Yeah. You know, you want to be that impact. And even in um, Surah Al-Tahrim, I was just going through the tafsir today and there's an ayah, like Allah is telling all of the believers, he's not just saying protect yourself from the fire. He's saying protect yourself and your families from mm -hmm. the fire. We have responsibilities on other people. They have your, your family. They have rights upon you. You know what I mean? Like, you are not just supposed to be focused on just yourself. Like, yes, focus on yourself. Do the acts of worship that you need to be doing for yourself. Absolutely, like, work on yourself. But the way that you work on yourself should also be helping other people around you. Yeah. We're not supposed to be selfish in our deen. We're supposed to strive to do better for ourselves, but then also inspire other people around us. And, and this doesn't have to be... I think people think of inspiration in different ways, but inspiration is not going to someone and talking to them and being like, you need to be better. A lot of the time, inspiration, people just look at you doing something and you could never know that they're being inspired by you, but they are. Or, you know, you look at someone and they don't even know that you're being, that you're being inspired by them, but you are. Yeah. Um, and so that's just something that I think I wanted to mention that, you know, we're not supposed to be selfish in our deen. If you know people who are sinning, normalizing sin, if you're their friend, it is your responsibility to talk to them in a kind way, approach them in a manner that is... Um, out of a place of compassion and mercy to help them, right? That's what that's what you want to be. Mm -hmm. Help them. Um, but you have to realize at the end of the day... <clears throat> sorry. Okay, now it's my turn for my voice <laughs> to be annoying. Um, you have to realize that at the end of the day, though, people... You, you, people will be helped only if they want to be helped. Yes, you know? of course. So you do your part, but then don't end up sinning when you try to force someone something on someone, even if you think yeah. it's better for them. You know, don't be forceful with it. And I'm I'm one to blame where sometimes I know someone's doing something wrong and I can try to correct them out of the kindness out of the love I have for that person. Yeah. But then I become, I can be a little bit forceful with it. And that's something I've learned over the years. And now I try really hard. I'm not passive. I'm not going to watch someone do a sin and just let them do it. But at the same time, you have to be gentle. The prophet saw people sin all the time, and but he was gentle with everybody. Never yelled at anybody. Never, right? ever raised his voice. Or, you know, so it's just them. You know, all of these things. And I had another point, and it was such a good point, too, and I just don't remember it. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. We got, we got quite a few in. Um... But just like, oh, I remember now. Just just like we were saying, you know, you don't you don't wanna be the per the the reason why someone ends up in the hellfire. You don't wanna you don't wanna inspire them to do bad either. Because like Samaya was saying, people can be looking at you and can be, you know, can be inspired by you, like, wow, I wanna do that, or wow, you know, that's a really good trait I wanna do. But also the bad trait, it's 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 just as justifiable on the other side, you know, it's just as counterintuitive. Yeah. There's a lot of people that look at other Muslims that do things and like, okay, if this if is they're a Muslim doing it, then that means doing it, then they justify it using it people can right? justify their own actions based off of other people's actions, and that's how we started this whole thing in the first place. And another thing I wanted to talk about is Samaya was was kind of touching on the fact that, you know, just Try to be a better Muslim overall. Just try to implement new things in your life, you know, when it comes to your religiosity. And I promise you, when you try to strive for excellence or try to strive to be better, a better Muslim, it's going to show in your everyday life. I remember someone telling me one time, like, you know, people, like, I, I said, like, I'm the type of person that tries to strive for Hassan, right. you know. And where did that develop from? That developed from me trying to be the best Muslim I can possibly be. You know, but then, you know, it was said, like, basically, you know, I think everyone can see that, you know, when it comes to my school life, yes. you know, alhamdulillah, academically, I also try to strive to do my best. Absolutely. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me that tool because I was just trying to get closer to him. And in return, he gave me that, that tool that I can utilize to try to strive for excellence in every aspect of my life. Yeah, you know? because religiosity is not just at the message. Exactly, you know? exactly. It's in every aspect of your life. Like, it should show. Yes. It absolutely should show. Exactly. And so when it comes to sinning, when you just try to stop doing something because you know it hurts, harms your... Just hit. When it harms <laughs> your... Sorry. Something... Uh, Oliver. 
the, we have a guest star, guys. Insights mm-hmm. with Samaya, Asil, and the bunny. <laughs> um, but when you try to stop doing something because you know it harms your religiosity, you are going to inherently stop doing things that harm your everyday interactions with people, whether it's right. in your workplace or, you know, this and that. And then when you try to develop those traits, inshallah, you will, your, your, enti- your life just overall will become better. So I think that's something, another thing you do is when you try to remove that sin from your heart, you know, and you stop normalizing it in your head. So first you have to recognize that you're doing something wrong. You have to make an action plan within yourself, you know, to, to whatever it is, whether it's the situation that you're in, the people that you're around, uh, I don't know, all of these factors that can go into why you're sinning, evaluate them and make a conscious effort to leave them, yes. you know, and then rely wholeheartedly it's strength, on, I promise, it's it is be hard, but that, that takes a lot of strength. Yes. And then rely wholeheartedly on Allah, hold on to the rope of Allah. The Quran is the rope of Allah. Yes. You know, you're holding it in one hand, he's holding it in the other hand. Yeah. Hold on to that and just really utilize the resources that you have because you're given a gift and you have to recognize that. And then I promise from there, removing sin from your life and, and just stop you stop normalizing it will eventually help others stop normalizing sins too whether it's in your circle or other people that you see just on an everyday basis you know and it's 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 uh this whole normalizing things this whole normalizing sin thing it affects all of us because like we become very desensitized to stuff like genuinely i can speak for myself like when i hear people curse it's very expected like i don't I don't get... You can predict it at this yeah, point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it's not like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, just like, I feel like when love. I was younger, like, I used to be like, oh my gosh. But now, after years of being around people who just cuss all the time, it's so normal. Or seeing another Muslim person dating someone, I'm like, oh. Adi, there's another one. You know Adi. what I mean? Like, if you're gonna... Like, it's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it makes us so desensitized to all this stuff. And so, I think... Oh, sorry. My last... I have one more point. Sorry. Go. My go. last point is just that, like, last week, I posted an insights on our um, Instagram page about friends and basically the ayahs in Surah Zukhruf mm-hmm. like Allah says that on the day of judgment friends people that used to be the, the best of friends in this life are going to be enemies to each other on the day of judgment yeah. except for those who are righteous why because friends in this life who didn't benefit you you guys are going to be enemies of each other on the day of judgment but the righteous friends who push each other to do better they're going to be together. Mm-hmm. And so keep that in mind. Also keep in mind um, that we are given examples of the fact that your environment doesn't necessarily have to equal what you end up doing, yeah. right? Um, you can stay strong in your environment. So we have um, the the wives of Prophet Nuh and Prophet Lut. They were married to prophets. Like these are yeah. the best of men, but they were disbelievers. They died as disbelievers, right? Mm-hmm. And then the opposite is also true, where we have the wife of Pharaoh, the wife of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh is literally, like, the worst person to ever live, and his wife is a believer, and she's guaranteed a place in paradise. Mm-hmm. So Pretty your environment does not have to influence, you know, you can be strong in your environment, but I think it's very powerful, like, if your environment is not suiting you, obviously, to leave that environment um, and find yourself a place where sin is not normalized and where you feel like you're comfortable being your, your Muslim self um without feeling like you're different and you yeah. know and i think just and to end off you know no matter what like if allah takes something away from you if you have to stop doing something for the sake of allah he always gives you better yeah so 100 percent. yeah yeah so thank you guys so much for <laughs> listening to our episode <laughs> anything else we hope you I'm enjoyed done. inshallah we will see you guys next week they're never gonna see us at this point <laughs> oh, they will they will inshallah. <laughs> all right thank you guys for listening Okay, um, (laughs) it's still going. (laughs) Bye for real this time. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. I clicked the wrong button. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening.